morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Being aware of awareness practice. Hear three bells, one in just a moment, one in 30 minutes, and the final bell, 60 minutes from now. Perhaps we just welcome in some deep belly breaths. Just invite in some relaxation, some settling. Perhaps we bring a little movement to any part of the body that feels like that would be helpful to more fully and more comfortably inhabit the stillness. So in the last couple of meditations, we looked at awareness through the prism of awakeness using Helen Hamilton's book, Dissolving Ego, chapter 11 as a guide. Tuning into the awakeness, by awakeness, she just means what happens to everyone in the morning when you pass from unconsciousness back into consciousness. And we zero right in on the moment when it's very the first moment that it's apparent that awakeness is, is, is here. What we're doing is looking to see that that point 
at which awakeness is known. Whether we can see we have a choice to either carry on in the in normal fashion of being thrust into the, the contents of mind, what the awakeness is awake to, aware of. Or whether there's another choice available to notice, yes, there's contents, yes, there's thoughts, there's feelings, there's dreams, there's memories, there's all kinds of arisings, but whether it's available to, to cognize that something's awake to that, aware of that. And we can recognize that awareness, that awakeness, that capacity for aliveness that's present the very capacity to know the content of mind. So, you know, in essence, we're just getting very curious about our direct experience. Instead of unconsciously getting thrown into the day on the water slide of the thinking mind, it just plunges you down into the what to do and when to do it, who you are and what that means and what that means everyone else is, isn't. All the shoulds come in and lots of identity. Can we glance over our shoulder? Notice that something's aware of all that. There is a faculty that is present, a capacity for knowing that precedes what is known. So in essence, can we become aware of awareness? And at the same time, recognize it was there first. That awareness preceded the remembering of the desire to notice awareness.
as Helen Hamilton wrote in the previous chapter, chapter 11. We are either perpetuating the sense of being someone or, or dissolving it. We dissolve it or perpetuate it with our focus. Attention is really our only faculty. And our only choice is what to put the attention on. We can either put it on truth or we can put it on falsehood. And she urges you must come to a decision point of deep conviction that you want only truth and then maintain your focus on it long enough consistently till there is no ability to seemingly lose sight of truth left in you.
also in our class on Tuesday mornings, Heart Explorations. Embracing the whole show. We are contemplating chapter 12 of Helen Hamilton's book, Dissolving the Ego. Each chapter is a different pointing. To how to practice training attention, our only faculty, to put attention on truth instead of falsehood. Each chapter is a different iteration of not only how to articulate it, but very specifically what it is to do to put attention perpetually and consistently on truth. Every time it slides off, we just have one job to notice that and bring it back. It's just the way it works that it slips off. I don't know that, I know that I can't do anything about that. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I do know, I can be right there to catch it. It's like my play ball, you know, when you're playing catcher, right? The batter may well hit the ball, but every single time you crouch down, put the mitt right where the ball is gonna come, in case the batter doesn't. You need to catch it and throw it back to the pitcher. Such as it is with attention. Is it on truth anymore? Is it on the, the awakeness, the awareness, the background? Oh, no, it slipped, caught it. Just bring it back. Bring it back to truth. Truth meaning that open, always present knowingness of awareness, this awakeness that wakes up in the morning, the stillness, the silence, presence. That, the reason we call that truth is it doesn't come and go. It doesn't expand and contract doesn't flit about, it doesn't have good days and bad days, it just is. At some point, as Helen Hamilton puts it, we, we come to a decision point of deep conviction that we want only truth. And then we maintain our focus on it long enough until there's no seeming, seeming ability left within us to lose sight of that truth. That which is always here, eventually, just remains part of what is held in awareness. And the rest of life unfolds within that understanding. 
from it and by it. So we use this time to practice noticing when attention slips off of truth. And we watch how quickly or how slowly there's a willingness to just drop the contents of what it slipped onto. The thoughts, the feelings, the memories, the identity, the self-referencing mechanism, the meaning-making machine of mind, or feelings in the body, or objects in the environment, perceptual arisings, sights, sounds, feelings, tastes, saying no thank you right now. Right now, for this time, just gonna come right back. I'm teaching myself the muscle memory of returning to truth. Ms. Argadotta had a great uh, articulation of this. This is quote 599 in the seven steps to awaken. He says, when the mind is kept away from its preoccupations, it becomes quiet. If you do not disturb this quiet and stay in it, you find that it is permeated with a light and a love you have never known. And yet you recognize it at once as your own true nature. Once you have passed through this experience, you will never be the same man again. The unruly mind may break its peace and obliterate its vision, but it is bound to return, provided the effort is sustained. 
until the day when all bonds are broken. Delusions and attachments end. And life becomes supremely concentrated in the present. What difference does it make since the question? Now you can hear the question going, I'm just going to get it to lose it. What difference does it make? <laughs> Maharaj, the mind is no more. There is only love in action. So we practice this quote every time we sit. And whether it's a formal sitting or whether it's a walking meditation, or whether it's just taking time out at your desk, taking a breath and glancing up to the contents of mind, going, gosh, there's a lot going on there. What sees all that? To what does that arise? How is that known? Get that little, little space, that little break. The mind turns back and looks right at itself. The awareness just it's like a homing device. It knows how to get there, how to turn around. We all look at the exact same place and confirm the aliveness that the awakeness from the morning is still in fact here. That we are aware. Matter of fact, that awareness is what we are. All those other ideas are coming and going. That our essence, that which never leaves. Is this intelligence, this sentience, this knowingness. And then when the mind is kept away from its preoccupations, it becomes quiet. When we notice it slips away, we bring it back. That's how we keep it away from its preoccupations. We notice for ourselves whether it becomes quiet. If you do not disturb this quiet and stay in it, you find that it is permeated with a light and a love you have never known. And yet you recognize it at once as your own true nature. Once you have passed through this experience, you will never be the same man again. The unruly mind may break its peace and obliterate its vision. <laughs> it can all go, but it is bound to return.
provided the effort is sustained. And this is the sustaining of that effort. Until the day when all bonds are broken, delusions and attachments end, and life becomes supremely concentrated. Where? In the present. In what's real. In what's actually happening. Not up in the crazy town of mind. So fixated on keeping us safe, chasing that which is imagined not to be here, getting rid of that which is imagined to be in the way of some sense of peace or completeness or contentedness. When a questioner asks, What's, what difference does it make? Maharaj says very simply, the mind. the grip of the self-referencing mechanism, the identification as a full independent entity is no more. The dream of separateness is dying. And what's left? Ah, what's left? What if I don't have my identity? <laughs> well, all you get then is only love and action. You get the living, breathing embodiment of life, living through, living as. A love in action.
sort of chapter 12 of Helen Hamilton's book, Dissolve and Ego. The practice of being conscious of your consciousness. She writes, everyone has something we all take for granted. We never notice our consciousness at all until we are under threat of losing it. Consciousness has many qualities, but the main one we will focus on here is the power to observe. Consciousness feels like I when it observes through a body and when it believes it is the body, then it begins to think of itself as a me. This is how our sense of being separated and isolated came. Most of us let our attention go right to what we are conscious of, such as our thoughts, emotions, relationships, and the world at large. But as part of this practice, we will spend some time each day noticing that we are conscious. The key with any of these practices is to ignore the mind's idea that it is simple and easy and quick to do. This must be a continual noticing with periods each day as a meditation. Our mind like to quickly look and ask, am I conscious? Yes, I'm conscious. Okay, next. Now what? <laughs> next. <laughs> if you allow your mind to dictate this, to be a one-time noticing, then you are robbing yourself of a golden opportunity. mind likes complexity and would rather think about what you are. You are simplicity itself beginning to notice itself. And at first you must make a little effort to not allow your attention to run away. The process of dissolving the separate sense of self is not a to-do list with option five saying, be conscious that you are conscious. You do not notice it and say, okay, done that, check. 
it is a process of noticing the obvious and staying in the clarity and the simplicity of holding attention on the simple fact that you are conscious.
So we're focusing here on the quality of consciousness, which, which is the power to observe something, consciousness that is. As, as a constant, the power to observe. Observe what? Observe everything. And one specifically for this practice, to observe where attention is within the consciousness. So can we notice that we're not only aware of consciousness, that is that consciousness is present. But that consciousness has as one of its qualities, the power to observe. And more specifically, the power to observe where attention is focused within consciousness. So can we notice a conscious ability to observe the consciousness that is present? And if mind is getting in there and saying, yeah, yeah, you, you can do that. You can look at consciousness. You can be aware. You can be conscious of consciousness. We turn that right around. Say, okay, let's go find that you, that separate sense of self, which is purported to have this ability, the you that is doing the activity. The you that sees consciousness. And look to see, are there two? We know consciousness is here. We're looking for the you, that separate self, that independent entity. So we find two. Or do we find consciousness and within it an idea of a separate self? A habitual referencing back to that 
which as soon as it's checked for, is found to not be present. But as soon as it is not checked for, it is presumed to be present. That is that innate self-referencing mechanism that got programmed in there. Helen Hamilton describes it as consciousness feels like I when it observes through a body and when it believes unchecked, right, uninvestigated, it is the body, then it begins to think of itself as a me. This is how our sense of being separate and isolated came. Most of us let attention go right to what we are conscious of, such as our thoughts, emotions, relationships, and the world at large. But as part of this practice, we will spend some time each day noticing that we are conscious. So we're looking right at the idea that we are conscious investigating that a little further. Is there a we, is there an I? Is there a bunch of separate individual persons? Let's look in there for the person then. Because if it's true, it's gotta be here. Or is what? is found the activity of consciousness itself. Consciousness in action. She says it's a process of noticing the obvious. One, first you gotta notice, turn attention around. Is consciousness present? And is whatever is looking right here conscious of that? <laughs> and then two, again, this is in chapter 12, Hamilton's book, Dissolving the Ego. It is a process of one, noticing the obvious, and two, staying in the clarity and simplicity of holding attention on the simple fact that you are conscious. 
she writes, each morning this consciousness seems to appear and we take it to be permanent till each night it disappears and we go to sleep. At some point, the consciousness will go for good as the body expires and you will seem to die along with it. Unless you maintain steady attention on the consciousness. As with, each of, as with each one of these practices, steady attention on the consciousness will allow it to reveal something amazing to you. It will reveal to you what you are, what is beyond even this waking state that feels like, quote, I am conscious. If you need some motivation, then consider how fragile this consciousness is. One needle of anesthetic and you are gone. One injury to the brain and you might be seriously impaired in functioning. One overwhelming experience and you might faint or gone. I would urge you to find out what does not go. It never came. It is right here now, seemingly obscured by this sense of I am conscious. Focus on this sense that I am conscious until it merges and disappears into what has always been here. Stay in the simplicity. And each and every time you find yourself drifting along with thoughts, bring your attention back. When you've had enough suffering, you will call upon the strength, courage, and conviction that is already within you, but not yet been activated. You will go beyond any limitation and see how free you have always been.
I'll read that quote from Ms. Argadotta one more time, but I'll, I'll start a little further back. The questioner says to Ms. Argadotta, however deeply I look, I find only the mind. Your words beyond the mind give me no clue. Ms. Argadotta, while looking with the mind, you cannot go beyond it. To go beyond, you must look away from the mind and its contents. Question, in what direction am I to look? Zargadana. All directions are within the mind. I am not asking you to look in any particular direction. Just look away from all that happens in your mind and bring it to the feeling I am. The I am is not a direction. It is the negation of all direction. Ultimately, even the I am will have to go for you need not keep on asserting what is obvious. Bringing the mind to the feeling I am merely helps in turning the mind away from everything else. And for us, bringing the mind to being conscious of consciousness. So Ms. Argadotta goes on, the questioner asks, where does it all lead me? Ms. Argadotta says, when the mind is kept away from its preoccupations, it becomes quiet. If you do not disturb this quiet and stay in it, you find that it is permeated with a light and a love you have never known. And yet you recognize it at once as your own nature. Once you have passed through this experience, you will never be the same man again. The unruly mind may break its peace and obliterate its vision but it is bound to return, provided the effort is sustained until the day when all bonds are broken, delusions and attachments end, and life becomes supremely concentrated in the present. Question, what difference does it make Zargadana. The mind is no more. There is only love in action. And the questioner asks, how shall I recognize the state when I reach it? Ms. Argadana. There will be no fear. Five words, there will be no fear. 